Hey folks, Eric Smith here, radio voice of the Toronto Raptors, NBA host and analyst with Sportsnet. I want to shout out my man Chris and 30 Minutes Live with CDP. Even though I know Chris, you're not a Toronto sports guy. You've got those allegiances to the Detroit-Windsor area, the Pistons, the Red Wings, the Tigers, and for some reason the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm still trying to figure that one out, Chris. Why'd you drop the Lions? Why'd you drop the Lions, Chris? There's got to be a reason there. We'll have to fill uh, everybody in on that another time, I suppose. But again, check out 30 Minutes Live with CDP every Wednesday and Friday. It's on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook Live, you name it. Chris is everywhere across all platforms. And if you just want to check out the audio version, maybe you're going out for a walk and you just want a podcast or something, you can get it on Apple, Google Podcasts as well, Spotify, Anchor FM, and Radio Public. So again, I told you, Chris is everywhere. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I can be a guest on the show at some point this summer as well. Wednesdays and Fridays, 30 minutes live with CDP. Check it out. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to uh, 30 Minutes Live with CDP. Uh, I'm looking forward to tonight's show. My guest is uh, Neil Foreman, the assistant coach uh, of the Windsor Express of the National Basketball League of Canada. And Neil's been nice enough to give me a few minutes tonight to come on. So just give me a minute, guys, and I will bring on uh, Neil. And uh, I really look forward to it. I had uh, uh, my friend the other day, Aaron Sanders, the voice of the Express on. So uh, just one second. I'm going to bring uh, Neil on right now. Good evening, Neil. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad we were able to connect and uh, yeah, get this done. Yeah, like I said, you're my first coach uh, I've gotten from any league to come on, so I really appreciate this. So, yep. Hey, anything I could do to help, right? So, okay. How was your day today? It was great. Uh, you know, busy Wednesday, but, uh, you know, the sun came out and uh, weather was nice. So, you know, onward and upward, right? How about uh, yourself? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. I'm happy. I'm a Pistons fan, so I'm very happy for the first time in my lifetime. I'm 49. The Pistons are going to get the number one pick. The last time they had the number one pick was 1970. Wow. And yeah, I wasn't I, even Go ahead. Ben Wallace, yeah, Ben Wallace is going to be, I think, the new uh, draft guy every year now, right? Just good luck. <laughs> yeah, because like I said, the Red Wings the last few years, I'm a Red Wings fan too. We've had no luck with the number one pick. We've either picked fourth or sixth or seventh and dropped, and it was just nice to see a Detroit team actually get the number one pick. And I like uh, the number one player out of the draft, uh, uh, Cade Cunningham, I guess a point guard from Oklahoma State uh, Cowboys. So it looks like he's going to be the consensus number one pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, that, that's what it sounds like. Uh, I think he said that he's only going to work out with the Pistons. Um, you know, great size. Oklahoma has great talent too, right? They're, they've got a good program. So um, him coming out of there, uh, he's probably ready. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it'll just be a matter of uh, the GM with the Pistons, if that's exactly what he's looking for. And uh, yeah, but it's a number one pick, right? So well. Uh, and the Pistons last year, they had Isaiah Stewart, uh, Sequai Bay, and then Killian Hayes missed some time. So I think the future is very bright for the Pistons because I think Troy Weaver is a very good GM. Dwayne Casey is good with young basketball players. And I think they finally got a, a plan in place to get the Pistons back on track to win again. Yeah, they, they really did do a great job at the draft. Uh, looking back, just evaluate so many of the uh, Div 1 players. Um, they were highly ranked kind of on our lists. 
as, as far as talent. And it, for some reason, I, I think they were able to slip to where they were picked. Uh, and you're, you're right. Uh, I think that's a great trio to come in and uh, to add to, you know, the Pistons. Yeah, so uh, I was a Pistons fan long before the Raptors came along. So I have to admit, <laughs> the reason I became a Pistons fan was because of Isaiah Thomas in 1981, yeah. who was second overall. So, but it's just amazing. This is only the third time in Pistons history they've drafted number one. 67, they got Jimmy Walker, and then 1970, Bob Lanier, and now most likely uh, Cade Cunningham, most likely, but most we'll likely. see what happens. Yeah, yeah so right. I'm excited. And then I'm excited the CFL is going to be back in August. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm actually involved with the Nighthawks as a volunteer here for the CBL, and mm -hmm. I'm sure the NBL Canada uh, should be back in November, I hope, fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of talking to the, the team and the club. Uh, our season usually start kicks off at end of December. Uh, training camps will be mid-December, but uh, everything's looking uh, good to go for that. Uh, all the teams are ready to rock and roll. And yeah, they. I mean, we've been all kind of patiently waiting and uh, waiting for provincial approval for the last year, right? Ever since uh, everything kind of shut down. And um, that, that was the great part about the league. Uh, everybody was constantly talking, trying to come up with solutions that was... Uh, it would allow us to have that that ninth year, which unfortunately uh, we kind of had to postpone, right? So, I was going to say, did you guys ever look at like a summer tournament, like the CEBL did, or or it just wasn't feasible? Well, uh, we looked uh, just from you know talking to uh, internally, they they looked at a, a number of scenarios, so like a bubble thing, uh, a tournament here, a tournament, uh, be it on one of the islands, something like that. Um, it, it was just with all the restrictions coming in and with everything kind of up in the air, it's always difficult. Um, you, you know, our team's made up of, uh, we'll have our five Canadians and seven imports and just to get everybody across the border and quarantined and everything. It, it was just logistically, I believe a nightmare, right? So, okay. uh, you know, hats off to the NBA, how they did it. Uh, even the CEBL last year, you know, yeah. Mike did a great job yeah. putting that yeah. together. Uh, that, that, that was fantastic. Right. So, um, and they're about to kick off now. This yes. Weekend, right? Yeah. June 24th and the Nighthawks yeah. first game is June 28th. And, um, uh, they uh, invited me back as a volunteer. So I'm looking forward to getting involved with that league, but I also like to learn a little more about the NBL. I've been to a game in London with my cousins or London lightning fans and met, but, uh, ironically I saw, uh, the winners express me. I was going to I was going to say, now I don't want to put you on the spot, but do, do you think one day you could see the two leagues, possibly emerging be, and just have one type of OHL type basketball? Or do you think two leagues can survive, like not survive, but do well, I guess with, cause I guess your schedule is a little different from the CEBL. I just thought I'd ask you that. Yeah, no, I mean, and a lot of the guys ask me that too, the players. And I, I, I could probably see as two separate leagues. Uh, I think it kind of works for both of us where, you know, we go from December till May and they'll kind of start in June on, June. Um, you know, the CBL uh, will grab a lot of players that came from overseas that are Canadian. So they would just be at, you know, home kind of on the off season anyways. So it really does fit. So we, I, I think we play well together uh, is what it is. A lot of our guys are playing in the CBL. Um, so that's fantastic for them as well. 
And uh, yeah, like I said, we, we, it's competition, but it's not a direct competition, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's great. I think like I said, I'd like to go to some more NBL games when you guys start up again. And, and it's just, I, I think the basketball is great. Like I, I think it's really good. And, and uh, Aaron Sanders, who I befriended on here, uh, yep. he does a great job with you guys. And, and as soon as I hear him do the games, this guy, this guy will be in the NBA or professional TV one day. Cause I, I think, he's really good at what he does and his mind is like an encyclopedia <laughs> yes it is he's got a great voice uh you know great attitude great demeanor uh we're lucky to have him um and you know he's just always positive and you, you love to have him around when he comes in the locker room as well uh and just around the games and in his group there doing doing what he does right so he's unique uh but yes you're right he's very talented and even to see him grow over the last few years uh, yeah. he, he's really started to do it at what he does. Yeah, and he's only in his mid twenties, but he's he his like he remembers stuff before he was even born, and I'm really impressed because, like I said, yeah. uh, his knowledge is really second to none. And uh, I was lucky to have him on my NBA podcast the other day, and I try to pick Aaron's brains about stuff as well because I'm always wanting to learn new stuff too. So, oh yeah, yeah, like I said, you're right. He is just an encyclopedia. And- you're right. He, he's just got that that steel trap as far as info, yep. and uh, it's, it, it's a credit to his craft, is what he is. Right. So definitely, and yeah. uh, I like to try to promote you guys. Like I, I want to like to try to get more guys from the uh, NBL to come on here too. Like just uh, let people know about the league and and the teams and the players and stuff like that as well. So mm-hmm. I I try to like I try to expand my uh, podcast. Like it's a sports show, but I also try to get guests from other fields, but. Like with this, uh, definitely it's great having you on here to talk uh, a little bit about your uh, coaching career and about the uh, Windsor Express. And like I said, I'm just looking forward to having uh, basketball back in Ontario very soon. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like I said, this it's it's been different, obviously, for the last what is it, 15 months? Yeah, it's been a long uh, 15 months. Yes, it has. I mean, when everything first shut down and last March or whatever it was, we were literally about to hop on a flight to go out East for a couple week road trip. Um, and you know, it was just by happenstance that, you know, at the last minute, uh, they said, Nope, stay home. We've got to revamp some things and figure out what's going on. Uh, because everything just literally shut down two days later. Um, yeah. And we would, we would have been, uh, on, on the East coast, yeah, who knows, you know, living in a hotel somewhere, right? Until we can yeah. figure things out. So, yeah, because the last time I went to the States was February 5th, 2020. And even <laughs> and even then, the custom guys were grilling me about uh, COVID and all this. And I'm like, I think the border should have probably been personally closed sooner than it was. Um, well, well, it was one of those things where I, I think it caught, obviously, everybody off guard. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just the sheer size of it. I, I know personally, you know, internally, even with the the younger teams that I, I coach and it was like, Oh, okay, this will be a few months. It, it'll pass over. I never thought it would go to the extreme that it did. Right. So definitely. But yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, hats off to everybody that's stayed on those front lines and are working and uh, keeping everybody safe. I mean, our family was lucky that uh, yep. it didn't uh, affect us as much as it has other families right so yeah Yeah, i've been lucky as well i've been working for the most part as well and uh i created this podcast over a year ago as well to keep me busy and i really uh enjoyed doing this and uh i also do some uh camera work with rogers tv 
for the Gulf Storm games, and I haven't done a game for them since February 26th. So I told my producer I had him on here last week, Neil White, really good guy. Uh, I said, "Your guys are going to have to give me a little more training again because <laughs> I've been off for 15 over 15 months, and it's hard to believe." But uh, I, uh, like I said, I just appreciate having this opportunity with technology to do this podcast because now I've decided I, I really want to get a career in radio, and I'm hoping one day somebody will give me the opportunity. So. Um, my podcast is only as good as the guests that come on. Oh. It, 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 well, that and the host too, right? Uh, like wow. said, so far, like I've caught the the ones that you've posted recently, and uh, yeah, it's great. I, like I said, I I can see you really taking off with this too. Yeah, and I really appreciate it. And like I said, I'm going to probably have Aaron on again, maybe to talk about the NBA finals and stuff like that. So. Oh yeah, he, he's perfect for that, right? So, Definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. You yeah. did answer one of my questions already, and that's why I make sure I, I try to get my listening skills together. So you get you're allowed five Canadians and seven imports on a, yeah. on the team. Okay, yeah. I did. Yeah, it's a little different from the Gulf Nighthawks and the CEBL. So I was just going to ask you about that. So um, yeah, their league. Yeah, I think it's ten and two. I, uh, I think it's three. I think it's three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it three now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's three. I believe I could be wrong, but uh, I wasn't sure if uh, you guys were the same or a little bit different. So no, and partly because you know December through May, a lot of the Canadian content is overseas um, playing, and you know that's one of the strongest points, kind of about our league is when you've played overseas, it, that's tough uh, in the sense of being away from family or in countries where you don't necessarily speak the language. So hearing from a lot of players, a lot of agents about wanting to play in our league and, you know, for us as well, it, it's closer to home, right? Uh, w with us, Detroit's a 20 minute walk, really. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not as far as away as uh, you know where they have to play usually. So, um, yeah, uh, that's usually who we get uh, player wise when they're reaching out, right? So, okay. Uh, before I start asking you some questions, can I just show my uh, viewers just a clip of uh, your game last year against the Kitchener Waterloo Titans before your season got shut down? I believe it's from. Uh, January 20th, 2020. The clip is courtesy of uh, the NBL, but it's just like about a minute long. So I just wanted to Please. play that on here. I do this for all my guests, try to show some work or whatever they do and promote the league or whatever on here. So just give me one second. Yep. And I will, yeah. And we'll just. Can you hear that okay? Yep. The KW Titans look to break a four game losing spell as they took on the Windsor Express. The Titans looked primed to do so early. A game Ellis would drain the lawn to. His team led by as much as 11 before Windsor scrambled back. Osei nearly with the back pass. Knicks trying to pass it out to Jones for the three. Yes, how in the world did they get that off? Chris Jones scored 12 of his 17 points in the second quarter. He would beat Osei the ball for a three-pointer to give Windsor a 49-47 lead at recess. The Titans would keep it close in the third with some big plays. First with the Jonathan Harris alley-oop, then Marvin Phillips with the putback in traffic. Wits would take the momentum and run with it. First, Shaq Keep would slam in two of his team-high 20 points, and Sam Motro would not just block one, but two straight shots on back-to-back -back possessions. He finished with six rejections. Those plays would help set up a 13-4 Windsor run, and the Express would not look back. They break a two-game losing streak of their own. 99-87 is the final. Be sure to catch the live stream action all season long by registering at mblclive.ca. 
Anyways, uh, Neil, I just wanted to show that clip and stuff like that because, like I said, I think the league's a really, really good uh, uh, league for uh, players' uh, players' development as well. Yeah, yeah, it was unique because you know at the pro level the teams change every year and, and throughout the year. But our our group last year, it, it almost had a college feel to it, where when we traveled, the guys really stuck together and. Uh, really did a lot of things together it was it was different than uh, a typical pro season where everybody kind of goes and, and does their their own things right so we really did have a brotherhood going into it and uh, it was fun it was fun to coach uh, the guys are great um, obviously talented but uh, you know just outside of the basketball as well they you know with what they've got going on it, it's great to be able to sit down and you know, have dinner with them and, and talk about life, right? So, okay. Um, before I get into questions, I just wanted to ask you: um, before pre-COVID uh, happened, um, did you guys play any exhibition games before you started the regular season, or do you guys just get into like training camp and then do the regular season games? Usually, or last year, what we ended up doing is I think we only did the one uh, exhibition game uh, against London. Uh, they came down here. And a lot of that is for, for both of us just to, to trim down that roster. So it's the tail end of our training camp just to see how everybody flows uh, and, and plays when, when the lights are on, right? So typically we'll try and get one or two games in, uh, London being our, you know, 401 rivals there. Uh, you know, hour and a half drive, so it's not all that bad to play each other, go up, visit each other and get a couple games in. Um uh, other than that, uh, really, it's just training camp, and then we're into it, right? So, uh, yeah, the two weeks, roughly two-week training camp, we'll have the holiday, and then right after the holiday is the uh, the start of the season. How many games do you guys normally play in a regular season? Uh, last year, we were slated to play 32 or 36, I believe. Uh, yep. it's, it's usually in the, the mid-30s. Uh, previous years where we, there was, uh, additional teams. I, I, I want to say we're in the 40 range before playoffs. Right. So, yeah. um, but with us having our eight teams now, uh, that kind of is a nice balance. I was going to say, were you guys, you think the NBL Canada could expand in the future, get to 10, to 10 teams? Oh, I, I think it's, it's, yeah, I, I think it can grow even larger than that. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just a matter of getting the right fit. And, you know, it's when you're expanding, you've got to have enough teams in an area to make it the road trips worth it, right? So yeah. right now we have the four teams out east, four teams in the central. Central. It, yeah, and it, and it works out logistically anyways, right? Uh, because I was going to say for the for your division, if you guys did do ex expansion, I think Sarnia might be a candidate. It could be, yeah. Like I said, it it, it comes down to is somebody interested? Do they they have the facilities, right? Yes, uh, to be able to do it. Yeah, and and I think there's even been talks in the past about going even further west, right? Uh, to to really really expand, but again. It, it, that's a lot of work to be able to do that, right? So yeah, and uh, right now you want to do it slowly. You don't want to do it too fast. Yep. And that's and and like I, I don't want to compare your leagues, but I think the way the CBL is doing it slowly too, as well as probably the best business way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what they're doing is very smart. They've got uh, yep. in the major markets. It's it, it's spread out, so yep. they've shown that it it can be done. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, uh, with where they're located, and uh, yeah. Uh, 
I think with us, we could definitely do that too. Okay. And what a roster is what? Do you usually 12 guys in? Yep. Yeah. Well, I have 12 active players uh, at any given time. And for most leagues, like uh, if people aren't aware, that there's a lot of roster turnover uh, throughout the year. So when you when you look at you know the box scores, and that's guys getting other opportunities in other leagues, and uh, you know they've showcased what they can do yep. here, um, and, and you know moved on in a in a positive way. Um, so and we're happy for that uh, as far as the team is concerned, right? Uh, if you can get a bigger, better paycheck and uh, provide for their families. That's all. That's great. Right. Yeah. So, um, Are you guys allowed to have a practice squad too? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can, there you have as many people practicing, but just not on the active roster at, at any time. Right. Uh, and all the teams will do that. They'll have players come through that all want to work out and uh, just to take a look at them. And we'll, we'll do the same just to say, not necessarily for this year, but for future considerations. Okay. Um, agents will fly players in all the time just to say, hey, can you take a look at them? And at the pro level, it, it's a bit different because it's a need-based as far as, you know, how deep you are at that position. And we've been lucky that we've been fairly deep as far as, you know, our talent. So, like I said, when the guys will come in, it'll be more for, hey, couple years down the road that might be a good fit right so okay yeah. i'm just gonna start asking you some questions neil uh the first one i wanted to ask you can you just tell my audience a little bit about yourself and when did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in coaching with high school and now with uh, windsor express so i've been coaching for oh, and i'd have to probably look at my resume somewhere 15 17 years um when my wife and I first got married, we moved out West to lived in Vancouver, lived in California and I coached high school out West. Uh, great experience. And really the reason I got into it was the company that uh, I was working for, you know, people would apply, but nobody had that, that team, you know, built into them. So there was something missing and, you know, having spent most of my, younger years playing as much as I did and training as much as I did, I said, okay, it's time to give back. Right. So, uh, coached for a few years of high school out there. And then, uh, we moved back here late two thousands and kind of been coaching, uh, youth, um, OBA, AAU, uh, high school, a little bit of high school, uh, ladies, men, and, uh, the opportunity, opened up and, uh, you know, with the express and it jumped at it. Right. It was just, you know, it's just happenstance. Like most of most jobs you run into. Right. So. Yeah. How many years have you been with the express now? This will be uh, season three, I think. So yeah, yeah, that's about right. So yeah, a couple of years ago, you know, uh, they had hosted the, uh, league combine here in Windsor. So, uh, players will fly in from everywhere. Uh, and try out, and it's uh, over the weekend, and competition skills, things like that. So much like the NBA Combine, um, and you know, like any of these things, you can always use another body, right? and that's kind of what yep. it was, right? I reached out and said, "Hey, you yep. know, you know, I, I kind of know what I'm doing. So <laughs> do, you, do you need a body to uh, just to uh, you know open a door or hold, hold you know, help out at whatever it is?" And uh, yeah, it just we kind of clicked as far as the club, and uh, it just fit right so 
It's going to be a good fit. I was going to say, and obviously Bill Jones has uh, been the coach of the Express, I think, since he came in the league. I yeah. think he's the, the only coach. He, yes, he is. Yeah, it was seven years now. Uh, seven Bill's or eight great. years. Yeah, and Bill's great, right? Like I said, it's a you know, it, it's nice when you join an organization and everybody welcomes you in, uh, open arms, and yep. you know, it, it was just a great fit from the start and same page. So you know, Bill and I will talk uh, periodically here or there, and uh, but yeah, we're always just yeah together on it, right? So. I was going to say, is Bill the GM too? Like, does he do the GM duties too? Or he just sticks with coaching? He sticks with coaching. Uh, I can't remember what all the, the titles are. It might be like vice president as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's one of those things when it comes down to evaluation. Well, our GM uh, is, uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> she's going to kill me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no you know what I'm saying? It's been that long since I, I've yeah. seen everybody, right? So, yeah, uh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. So I was going to, what I should have said was, you guys have a little say. Uh, obviously, Bill does, but yeah. do you guys, the assistant coach, have a little input on player personnel and, and moves with? Do they ask you for your invites, like your feedback and insight and all that? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody kind of, it's, it's, it's almost a, a group. Uh, you know, evaluation as, as far as how it goes, right? When we all sit down and it goes from everybody in the organization, all the assistants and everything and uh, in the office just to see, you know, what they notice and everybody kind of puts their, their two cents in and, uh, you know, we kind of evaluate that way. Right? Okay. Yeah. My next question for you, Neil, is did yeah. you have a mentor or mentors when you first started out as a coach? Yeah, I, I was lucky uh, in the sense that, when I was out West, I was able to really connect with some great uh, people within the high school where they were able to help out on the admin side because the admin stuff is always the part that kills you uh, when it comes to coaching, right? So, uh, and then when I moved back here, I was able to coach uh, with Doc Thomas, um, you know, alongside him. And, and Doc was, you know, in, I think, every you know, hall of fame that can be. Um, and he, he was, he was like such an experience to be able to work from, uh, alongside of him. Uh, and, and just to show you how small a world it is, kind of how we doc and I connected was his daughter, Misty, again, Olympian, you know, actually ranked one of the best female basketball players in the world at the time, uh, ran a tournament in BC, uh, that, I, you know, our teams were in. So, that just shows you, you know, the basketball community, right? So um, how it comes. So we came back here and, uh, you know, to hear the great doc stories. And, you know, you talk about the Pistons and, you know, he was the coach at Windsor back in the day when the Pistons used to train here. And, uh, yeah, he had great, great stories, right? So, you know, I was, uh, I was very lucky to have him. Because a lot of my guests that I have on here, I always ask that question because I find mentors are important as well. And I've actually had a few with doing my podcast as well from time to time, give me advice and how I can improve and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of important for any career to sort of have a mentor to kind of guide you. Yeah, it is. It, it's huge. Uh, you know, one of the organizations I'm with is uh, helping out uh, female coaches, uh, not necessarily basketball with the coaching association of Ontario. So they, they've got a, um, a women's mentorship program just to, to connect 
you know, uh, higher level coaches with uh, people that are just starting out or just need somebody to talk to uh, to help refine their skill, right? So I've been part of that for the last few years and uh, that's been fun too, all right? Uh, that was a great program that they, they were able to start, you know, the Changing the Game program. Okay, my next question for you, Neil. Um, how did you get involved with high school basketball in the Windsor area? So Windsor area, again, it came back to Doc. Uh, when we moved back here, you know, my we, we had just had my daughter and, uh, you know, wanted a, a chance to, to help out. And uh, he was coaching a, a small private school here in Windsor. And uh, it was a perfect scenario as far as timing, right? Because that's always the thing, right? If you're not a teacher, uh, that, that's always the tough part in Windsor just because everybody practices so early in the day. Um, whereas out West, uh, the practices are late at night, right? So uh, you can be more of a community coach. Um, but yeah, the timing worked out perfectly and uh, it was a good fit uh, as, as far as the facilities are top notch. And uh, yeah, like I said, Doc, Doc took me in, right? So <laughs> I was going to say basketball in Ontario has really grown a lot and you see more and more of these young guys from Ontario um, high schools going to the U.S. college programs and actually getting in the NBA. I, I think basketball is one of the highest um, growing sports in Ontario. Everybody yeah. talks hockey and lacrosse, but I think basketball is right up there now. Well, when you when you look at it, and when when I talk to a lot of the coaches as well, is you, you look at the the guys that we have in the NBA and and like you said, the ones that are going over the the states now, and a lot of them, if not all of them, have come through our national program. Um, our, our national team, uh, and the group up there have done a phenomenal job with the, the coach education. Uh, I, I think that they're one, two with Australia, uh, as far as, you know, the curriculum and the, you know, the process to become certified. Uh, but, uh, they, they really helped. So a lot of these players have come through, they've gotten the individual, you know, uh, plans to, to get better. Um, you know, even like Jamal Murray was up in Kitchener back in the yep. day, right? So, yep. uh, and then you get the opportunity to play in the States uh, just because it's a different, it, the guys tend to go down in the States, the the women will stay here um, and and stay in our Canadian universities, which is, is great um, as well. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, they've done a great job developing that talent. And you look at our, like our national team now who, who's, they're trimming down the roster right now uh, for the Olympics. I, I think all of them have been through that program since they were in the cadets, right? So, okay. Yeah. Uh, my next question for you, Neil, is uh, tell us about your role as the head coach of the South uh, Windsor Warriors. So, South Windsor Warriors, uh, a club that's been here in Windsor since '89. Uh, 89 and 98. It's been a while. Uh, they're well-established and uh, great organization, great people. You know, everybody volunteers, helps out. Uh, and, and, you know, we all kind of take a team that's in need. I've coached the U14 boys. Uh, I've been lucky enough the last couple of years that uh, I've been able to coach my daughter. Again, it gave us time to spend time together. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really what it was, right? We had a U13 girls, U12 girls. But really, it was just a time uh, to be able to spend a dad, right? You know, the Express takes up a lot of time and, you know, work and everything as well. And it was our time to have a couple hours on the court together and uh, laugh and, you know, just enjoy our time, right? So uh, I, I've been lucky to do that. But uh, great organization, you know, we're, 
really dedicated to the youth. Uh, we have a uh, like a intramural program as well uh, for kids that just want to come out on a Saturday and not necessarily travel. But uh, yeah, the Warriors they they have teams from U10, and I think the game plan is that they'll have up to U17 uh, this next season, right? So once yep. things open up. I was going to say, fingers crossed that high school basketball will return, hopefully in September or October, hopefully. Well, yeah, because the ladies, they start, they, I, I believe they're allowed to start mid-late August, right? Because their season starts like right after Labor Day, right? They're playing games right away, right? So um, they'll probably have to make that decision now. I mean, everything's looking promising, uh, you know, with everybody allowed to have fans in the professional games, right? So Definitely. Uh, right, so. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed, right? Because okay. they've already lost out, right, uh, on that one year. And, and that's hurt a lot of players, uh, right, as far as losing scholarships or and just opportunity to play basketball, right? Well, look look, look at the Ontario Hockey League, too. Uh, a lot of the overagers never even got their last year in the OHL. And I, I talked to one of my connections with the OHL, and I'm like, I don't understand why they couldn't give an exemption for overagers to come back for one more year in that league because – they're getting punished, lost a year of their hockey career because of something that had they had no control of. And you're right. A lot of people have lost over a year of uh, playing. So I think what's going to happen when things all go back to normal, we're all going to appreciate uh, sports and our everyday activities even more now. A hundred percent, right? Uh, when everybody gets back there, you know, everybody will be a little high strung at the beginning. But, uh, yeah. you know, it'll be once it gets back, I think everybody will just be relieved. Uh, definitely to be able to experience that again because you know going to a live game it, it's it, it's it's a great atmosphere no matter whether you love the sport or not um you know people that we've had come to our games i i've never heard a single person say you know what i i don't want to come back and enjoy myself uh, yeah. all of them want to come back uh and you know uh enjoy uh the rivalries are great and uh the atmosphere is fun right so Definitely. Okay. My next question I was going to ask you, Neil, what adjustment was it going from high school basketball coaching to pro basketball with the Windsor Express coaching wise? Like what adjust, did you have to make a couple adjustments? It, it wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. And I, I think that's just kind of maybe my coaching style. The biggest difference really is at the professional level, you're working with, the players, uh, they're not working for you because they know just as much as you do, if not more. Um, the nice part about the pro system is the things that you have in your head as a coach, they can do, all right? So you, you can draw things up and they're artists is what it is, right? High school level, it's depending on the program, it's showing them Hey, this is what the you've got to do to be able to be successful, and not necessarily just with basketball, just in life, right? The amount of work you have to put in, the amount of sacrifice. So you're getting them at different ends of uh, their careers, really, right? So uh, you can still impact both. Uh, it's just you know, at the pro level, you're dealing with peers and grown men, right? So um, you, you can have different conversations. A little more teaching involved and probably a little oh, bit yeah. more patience as well with the younger players. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, what it comes into it is expectations, right? Uh, at high school level, you have to realize that uh, what they can and can't do. 
And, it, you know, you hear coaches getting frustrated, but it's probably the expectations were incorrect uh, is what it is, right? Uh, and you're doing just as much teaching at the, at the professional level, um, but because they've had so many years of experience, what may take you a day at the pro will take you three weeks at the high school level to kind of get them to understand, right? Most of the pros, they'll get it in one or two tries. They, they just, right, they're, they're sponges, yeah. uh, right? So, Well, like you said, so I, I'm assuming you're going to be back coaching high school this fall once things open up, I guess, and you'll be back with the Express for what, your fourth year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's the hope. Uh, like I said, I think we'll figure out uh, high school-wise what's going on, and yep. that's always a last-minute thing, and, you know, we'll get a fit, and uh, yeah, definitely with the Express. I mean, even now, uh, even last year has allowed me to connect with a lot of agents, a lot of players, uh, really sit down and have those type of one-on-one -on -one meetings uh, to say, hey, this is kind of what's expected of you uh, going forward, and hey, are you ready for that? Because, you know, everybody says they want to be a pro, right? So. Yeah. Okay. My next question, I just only got a couple more questions now. Yeah. Are you still good for time? Oh, oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay. I always like to ask my guests because everybody. Oh, no. If like I different. get off this call, the wife's going to put me to work. So oh, okay. <laughs> this may be one of those four-hour podcasts. <laughs> okay. I haven't done one of those yet. <laughs> one day, one day. But one of my friends who does um, sports, CBS Sports uh, Radio, Amy Lawrence, she does four hours a night. And I'm like, wow. I said, Amy, like I love sports and I love talking, but I said – for people are like you only work 20 hours a week but i said 20 hours of radio is a lot because you gotta you can't have any dead air at all yeah. and yeah, you gotta you, keep going and going and going yeah you, you've got to have that that's kind of the script and the flow ready to, to go yeah. right type of thing yeah um, and yeah you're right that that is difficult to do and, but it's like most things once you get that flow and you get that feel for it yeah uh you, you know you work the bugs out you, you run with it I also have had to ab lib too because I've had some guests where they told me ahead of time they're going to be late. So I just show's got to go on and you just have to go with the flow. So I've had to learn to ab learn how to ab lib too at some times. Yeah. Yeah. You always got to have something, you know, plan B and plan C on deck, right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Much like, much like coaching when they start coming up with different things and you, definitely you go deep into the, the bag there. So uh, my next question is, how did you end up getting uh, the assistant coaching job with the Windsor Express? Was that through a contact that knew somebody? No, really. It was at the Combine, uh, you know, it helped out. And it just happened that they had an opening at the time. And they, you know, could use something. I mean, I'm local here, so it's perfect. Uh, you know, our coaching staff really lives in Detroit. So, you know, it was nice to be able to be over here uh, and Aaron, our GM. Uh, sorry, Aaron. I know you're gonna you're gonna kill me for for going blank uh, before. Uh, and it happens. Yeah, she, it happens to me. I know, but she's gonna she's not gonna let me live it down. So, and nor should she. Uh, yeah, and she's here. She's a Windsor right. So, um, our and Turner Group is all Windsor, uh, and so it was just a good fit, right? Uh, I'm here, so I'm able to you know do a camp at the last minute type of thing, and. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, it's all the preparation, you, you know, all the, the the Canada basketball, the coach education that I've been through over the years uh, has been preparing for that moment, really, is what it is. So when that opportunity arose, it, it was a natural fit. And that's important, too. It's like anything in life. It's important to have a good fit with your company or with a team that you're within. It has to be a good fit on both sides for it to actually be successful and work. 
Yeah, you're right. It, it is a lot of work. Uh, you know, for to see that finished product on the floor, there's a lot of late nights, a lot of film. You know, you have your your team practices, you have your weights, you have your individual practices. So your days are your days are are long days, but I don't know that anybody would trade it for the world. Right? Yeah, it's, it's not your typical eight to four yeah. job. It's something that you got to put in your hours and time, and it's something that you have to have a passion for. You're right. All right, uh, you, you definitely have to have a passion because you know when you hit March and you know you're about to go on that ten day road trip. <laughs> you know all yeah. the flights and. You know, last few years, I think with all the snow, every time we, we get on one of those flights for the long road trip, we hit that snow and, you know, we're stuck in Pearson for seven hours. And, you know, oh. and basketball players, we're, they're not small. So you've got all these, you know, seven footers laying across the floor. And, oh, you know, everybody's just trying to get comfortable on those chairs. They're not made for most of those guys, right? So. See, I, I like hearing about stuff like that because a lot of the fans don't hear stories like that. So, yeah. No, it's yeah. good. And like I said, it's just, you know, those guys, uh, that's the thing about basketball players. I think, I think we've all learned to sleep anywhere. <laughs> so you'll always, you always see one of our teams, no matter what team yeah. it is in the league, they'll, yeah. everybody will just kind of be crouched together and get their bags and just kind yeah. of try and catch as much shut eye as they can in between. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, just next question I was going to ask you on the, yeah, just a couple more. Um, what is the hardest aspect of being a coach? And what do you like about it the most? Hardest aspect from a coaching standpoint is having enough content to challenge the players. Uh, kind of like what I said earlier, they, they, they're so talented and they learn so quickly. You have to keep throwing things at them to keep them, you know, their minds occupied. Uh, is what it is. So that, that's the biggest challenge is, is having enough in your repertoire to know, hey, how can I throw this? How can I make them better? Uh, is your attention to detail, you know, minute so that you can pick up on something simple? Because it, 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 it's not necessarily a complicated game, but it's a lot of little things moving quickly, right? So uh, that that's really the biggest challenge. Uh, and love most of it right uh it, it's it's like i said the the work that you put in it's it's not like work right uh it's a lot of late nights a lot of film and uh but it just seems like it's like breathing right uh it's it's yeah when you're in love with the game you're in love with the game right so definitely yeah. Okay. Well, this one I was going to throw in uh, as an extra. When you guys, obviously, when you do your trips to Windsor, or uh, not Windsor, but to London and Kitchener, yep. etc., obviously it's on a bus. Now, yep. when you guys go on the coast, I guess you yep. guys take air flights. Now, do you guys just go over there for single games, or do you guys go over there for like, go over there for two or three games, and then and then you're done with the traveling aspect of it? Yeah, we'll usually take a couple East Coast trips. Um, and you're right. You'll we'll fly in, and you'll do the 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 round trip. Um, so logistically, when we fly over, we'll hit the the Halifax, the Moncton, the PEI, uh, because it's all you know, connected with the highway. So you, you'll you'll be out there for seven ten days, um, depending on you know how many games you can jump in there. We'll have a, a another flight out to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, right? Just because it's on the rock, so you, you kind of do them back to back in their own flight, and and vice versa. They'll, they'll they'll do the same with us. So when they fly, 
uh, to the central division, they'll, they'll look to play the four teams before they can head back, right. Uh, to make it worthwhile. And again, we'll do that a couple times a year. So I, I try and get as much seafood in as I can. There's great food out there. <laughs> and I guess you're, and I guess to be honest, like uh, London's only an hour and a half. Uh, yeah. Kitchener's what, two and a half, three hours, maybe. And then I guess the only really long one you have is Sudbury. That's Sudbury. Uh, yeah, that's the long one. You know, Sudbury's not so bad going up. It's just after the game, you know, you get a quick bite and you're right back on that bus. And uh, we leave at 10, 30, 11 at night. And we touch yeah. down here in Windsor at eight in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and it's not like we're a summer sport. So, you know, that, that there's some, uh, fun weather that the, uh, the drivers have to deal with. Right. So, yeah. yeah, we've had some, we've had some pretty long trips where, you know, it should take seven and a half, eight hours and it's taken 12 hours and 45 minutes type of thing. Right. So. Ideally, you know, I was just thinking. Ideally, maybe in the future they could do another team out there, like in uh, Sault Ste. Marie or North Bay, because in that way you guys could stay out there a little longer and play more games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just, you know, you have to look at any market. You know, do they do they have enough need for it uh, to sustain it with the fans, right? Uh, yeah. You know, the NBA is in Major League Baseball, like those the in the NHL. They can get by on the TV revenues. Uh, almost yes. every other league in the world, uh, WNBA included, almost you, you need the fans in the stands. The gate, gate driven league, yeah, you do. Uh, and you know that's why our our, our season ticket holders and, and our fans are so important to us uh, because we we really do rely and we need them. And it's great having them around. And it's a different type of connection uh, than you would say with the Pistons, right? Uh, just because of, of the natural progression, like for one of our games, they're yep. they're not as expensive. You, you can sit courtside for a reasonable price, and yep. you can bring a family, right? And uh, yes, yes, yeah, right. So that, that's something to be said, right? How's it going in the FC? You said I've heard talk that you guys might want to move into the old barn. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things uh, they put a proposal together with the city. And uh, they're still looking at the proposals, and I think that you know may come through uh, again in a second uh, tender opportunity. Uh, when it comes to the world of uh, you know stadiums and, and doing all that, that that's a tough one, right? Uh, as far as to get all the uh, T's crossed, I's dotted, uh, and make sure that it, it's right fit for everybody. Uh, I, I mean, in the big leagues, you hear NFL and you know, how long did it take him to build the Raiders stadium, right? What it 10 years yep. or whatever it was, right? Yep. You know, Dardis will freak if, you know, it takes us this long <laughs> right, to do yeah. something like that. But uh, yeah, like that, being downtown, that would be great for us here in Windsor. Because uh, uh, yeah. I haven't been, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope. The Spitfires nope. Arena and the Express Current Arena, it's yep. not really in downtown Windsor, is it? It's in the suburbs of Windsor? Uh, it's on our east end. Uh, you know, the biggest difference is uh, most of our teams, I think actually all of them, will. It, it, it's designed for hockey. Um, so it, it's just a little too big, I think, uh, as far as when you put the court on the floor and that fan experience. Uh, the, the barn downtown would be fantastic because it'll be a little bit more... Uh, tighter it'll be a little bit more um romantic in a sense yeah. if you yeah. look at it that way and it'll be great for downtown right uh as far as foot traffic that that kind of uh thing in, well, in that corridor right so yeah. 
And that barn's been around for what a hundred years, the Windsor Arena. It, it has, right? Yeah, it, it's been around a long, long time. It's got a great history, and you know, being from Windsor, you know, everybody's got a barn story, right? As far as you know, going there and you know, nostalgia, and uh, you know, it's part of our you know DNA, right? So yeah, again, it's just and, a perfect, and, it's a good fit. Yeah. And there's not too many old arenas left. The only one I know in this area is uh, the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, which has been renovated a, a number of times, but it's still got that old school feel to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, yeah. My next question for you, Neil, is uh, thoughts on the NBL Canada presently? And um, I guess we already talked about the startup of the 2021-22 season. And um, I guess also, can you tell my audience just a little bit more about the NBL of Canada? Sure. I mean, I, I'm excited, especially for, the, you know, getting back to basketball. Um, the league, like I said, is, is growing. It, it's great. Uh, the ownership has been uh, the same for a few years as far as across the teams. You know, in our central division, we've got uh, Windsor and then London, Kitchener and then uh, Sudbury. Uh, and then out east, again, it goes the Moncton, the PEI, the Halifax and St. John's, uh, Newfoundland, right? So, um, it, you know, when it, when it, when you look at the level of basketball, it's extremely high level. It's very, it's a very athletic league, uh, which a lot of players have to get used to. Um, and that's just one of the, the things is when you play overseas, like er, every league around the world has a different feel to it. Right. Uh, as far as, you know, the type of physical, uh, you know, um, is it made up mostly of wings, you know, depending on what country you're in, right? So, but ours ours has a good mix. Uh, we always have a lot of really, really good talent, no matter what team uh, you have. And uh, it, it's a great experience because a lot of the teams enjoy doing the, the visits to the schools. I, I know our guys love it, right? Uh, but you see around the league, that they, they, the community involvement is huge. Uh, and, and, you know, when you come to the, the other leagues, like the, the NHLs, the NBAs and all that, it's not the same, right? Uh, yeah. You don't have that same, you know, connection that you yeah. can, where the guys can come to the high school and, you know, give a talk and, you know, do, do something on court. And, uh, and it's, it's fairly easy to do, right? But all the teams yeah. are always looking to do that kind of that fan interaction. And uh, we're always reaching out to anybody in the community just to say, hey, you know, reach out to us, right? We're looking to do that and, uh, you know, be be part of it, right? Uh, because like you said, you know, like you alluded to earlier, with, with everybody, you know, the rise of basketball in Canada and going to the States. Well, and that's why it's so important for, for us to be here in Windsor. Um, you've seen what the Raptors did for Toronto. You, yep. saw, you saw what the Grizzlies did when I lived in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, it, it just... It's a springboard for talent and gets everybody excited because they can see it. Um, and especially for us, that's why, that's why it's so important that we're down here. And uh, the, the kids can come out, they can attend the camps, they can see real-life professionals uh, that they would have seen on the NCAA tournament or yeah. otherwise, or U-sports uh, tournament and all those games and playing right here. And, you know, it, it's something to be said where when you grow up in Windsor, say, hey, I... I I love basketball. I can actually play here and that could be my job. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's just great all the way around. Right. So definitely. Uh, yeah. It's unique. No, anyway. 
right? So no, and like I said, you got the Spitfires, you got the Express, and you know what? It's important for people to have uh, teams in their own community too. It, you're right. Uh, it really is. Like you, you, we're we're spoiled here in Windsor just because Detroit's so close, and, and yes. we have all the major markets. But yep. when you when you look at all the other markets, they 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 really don't have another professional team close, right? Uh, in that sense, right? Yeah. London. I, I, that's why they they connect with the OHL team so much because that's yep. their closest professional team. Otherwise, right? So, um, but yeah, Windsor's always been spoiled that way. But I still like to bug the London Knight fans. Hey, Windsor won three Memorial Cups. London won two. And you know what? The Winning the OHL championship, which Guelph did in 2019, is tough enough. But to yeah. win the Memorial Cup, man, it's just amazing. It's, it is yeah. just, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, to me, to me, it's just amazing that you guys did it three, the Windsor did it three times. And then the Express won back-to-back, I believe, uh, NBL titles in 14 and 15. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah, I remember the last Spitz title for the uh, the memorial, and it, it was just the whole city was just the vibe was phenomenal. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, the stadium was packed, and yeah, that's what you love to see. You know, as a coach, as a player, just just a fan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's why the NBA bubble was so difficult, and uh, even CBL last last summer because yeah. They just, no there wasn't those fans, right? So it, it's it's different when there's fans they, in the stands, right? And so. they do make a difference, like the NFL. Oh, I'm an Eagles yeah. fan, but the yeah. Eagles struggled last year. Like, like the Eagles are in a rebuild, obviously. But yeah. playing at the link with no Eagle fans, you know how crazy Philly fans are? It's yeah. just, it's they do make a difference in all sports leagues. I personally think yeah. they do. Oh, yeah. It was funny just talking to the NBA guys that I talked to. And, you know, when they were in the bubble and they, they were like, oh, I'm, I'm not used to the cameras being able to hear what I'm saying <laughs> without being mic'd up for the day. Yep. Right. So yep. they were Absolutely. like, oh, okay. And then you hear their families cause they were allowed in eventually at the yep. end and you, you know, you can hear the wives yelling. <laughs> it's just, it picks it up on the broadcast. So it was just unique, right? Something you'll okay. never hopefully ever see kind of again. Right. So. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot too. Now that was my next question for you, Neil. Uh, who are your picks to meet in the 2021 NBA finals and who will win it all? Oh, you know, even around work, everybody always asks me, and I was like, I'm such a fan of the game. I, I, I personally, I, I don't care who wins. I, I, I'll watch any game at any time. I, I would think if everybody stays healthy, uh, I, I would almost say that Phoenix would do it just because of matchups. You know, you know, at, at this level, it, it really does come down to matchups, uh, and just seeing how it fits. Um, I, w- I would think Milwaukee would be able to come out of the East, uh, right? Uh, and again, just because of the matchup, uh, talents are there on all four teams when you get to this point, right? Everybody's well, so talented, right? So, yeah, and I was bringing it up with Aaron the other night. The Bucks haven't won a championship since '71 when uh, Lou Alcindor, who was cream up the old jar bar back then, won. The yeah. Hawks didn't win a championship, haven't won a championship since they were the St. Louis Hawks in 1958. The Suns have been to the finals twice, 76 and 93, and they both lost. And then um, the Clippers, they haven't had much luck since they were founded as the Buffalo Braves in 1970. And this yeah. is the first time they've ever been to the third round. So it's kind of nice to see some uh, new fresh blood in the NBA playoffs. Cause for so yeah. many years, it was the Lakers and Spurs and, and it's just it's it's good for the sport too to have other franchises be successful too. Yeah, you're right, right? Because it, it does it builds more fans, right? So yes. Um, but yeah, I think it'll come down to health. You know, uh, I think they were saying that Kawhi won't be back uh, 
at Hall for the for the the Western Conference, anyways. So whether or not that they'll be able to fit, right? Because you know when you look at the the box score for the Clippers, I was like, their their do not plays could be a team on their own, right? So uh, well, they're missing Serge Ibaka as well, and yeah, that's a yeah, huge loss are. too. Yeah, they are huge so. loss. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all this, the, the, those kind of pieces that really – because you know what you're going to get from the stars, right, from yeah. the all-stars type of thing. Yeah. But it's all the other guys that, hey, if they're able to step it up when they're when their you know, number is called, then that's what puts you over, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're right, right now, none of these teams, I dislike Milwaukee or dislike Atlanta. Yeah. So there's nobody – I'm not a Lakers fan. I can't stand the Lakers, even with Kobe and Magic. I know they're a great franchise, but there's certain franchises you just don't like. And and there's nobody <laughs> – there's nobody – there's no – that's good for sports too. Eh? You need to have the villain in sports, like the Dallas Cowboys. I can't stand them because they're the <laughs> Well, you're an Eagles Empire. fan. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's <laughs> But every sport needs the bad guys. Like even the London Knights. They're a great organization, but I always call them the villains because they've they're been so successful so long. The other teams, it's just, yeah, it's you need that. You need the villain in, in sports too. Yeah, it's great narrative is what it is, right? So. Definitely. But yeah. uh, I was going to say, and I'm looking forward to the first game tonight at 8.30, so we'll see what happens there, Atlanta and Milwaukee. So I'm looking forward yeah, to that. It'll be, yeah, it'll be great to see you know Atlanta's speed in their guards kind of versus yeah. Milwaukee's size, really. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and how they're able to pull it through, right? So, and and funny thing is, Atlanta's got an interim coach, I believe, in Nate McMillan. Yeah, Nate's always done a great job. I mean, he, he usually he's always been known as one of those builder coaches, but he just knows what he's doing. Uh, and and the the guys bought in really quick uh, when when he first jumped on, uh, and it was just. I'm happy for him personally, uh, just because he's he's such a great person too. Uh, but yeah, ever since, oh man, what a, back in the Seattle days, right? So when he was playing, right? So, I wish. See, I hope Seattle yeah. gets a team again. I really Me hope too. Seattle, the SuperSonics. I really, I like to see them back. Yeah, yeah. When I lived in Vancouver, it was great. We used to drive down. I used to go down to uh, you know watch practices and. Uh, you know, step in there. They had a great little training facility just downtown there. And, uh, you know, you know, they had a couple cats outside that they fed and <laughs> it was just like, you know, straight cats that that was part of the team. And, yeah. you know, you get to be around and, you know, a couple courts and you're right there. Right. And that was you know, however long, you know, early two thousands. Right. So, well, now that they got an NHL team in Seattle, I think the NBA will be back there very soon. And yep. uh, I, I'd like to see Vancouver get an opportunity again. They just yep. didn't have – the difference between them and the Raptors is they had Vince Carter, and, uh, yep. and the Grizzlies had big country Reeves, no disrespect. But if they had a superstar player like Carter instead of uh, – just, I just wish things could have been different there. But I really do think Vancouver should get a shot again in the future right. for an NBA team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you think about what back, back when they had the team, it wasn't the media that it is today. Right, so a lot of the players didn't know very much about Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver is a f beautiful city, right? Great place to live. Uh, everything's outdoors. You know, you're in a rainforest, right? So, um, and when you go to a Canucks game, it, it's great. And uh, whether you're a hockey fan or not, um, it, it's just the the arena is so much fun to be in, right? Uh, and Grizzlies was like that too. It was just you know. It, Back then, it, it just didn't have that media attention that now yeah. you almost don't worry about because of where we're at in technology, right? Yeah. 
So, yeah. and I even think Montreal would be a good NBA city at some point. Oh yeah, Montreal produces some great players. Uh, when you look at uh, who's coming out of there, uh, yeah, we had one gentleman, Kimiose uh, on our team, that's playing for Saskatchewan right now. Um, phenomenal player, right? Uh, as as far as players that come out of Montreal, and yeah, we've got we've got a number in our league and obviously overseas as well, right? So, okay. And my last question for you, Neil, um, any advice for those watching tonight looking to possibly pursue a career in the coaching aspect of sports? Well, I, I, I think, you, and I always tell everybody, reach out. Um, you know, you'd be surprised how many coaches are open to connect and have open dialogue and conversation. Uh, and it really is all about kind of who you know uh, because it, it's such a comfort. The, the stakes are very high, so you, you want to know people that first you know and, and that you trust. Um, there's always combines, no matter what league you're in, the States, Canada, uh, but, you know, Guelph, you know, that you're kind of uh, affiliated with and helping out. So same idea, right? Uh, just, you know, call up, hey, do you need another body? Can, can I do this? Can I sit in and watch? Uh, early in my career, I, any chance I, I had to sit in and watch any practice, be it uh, junior college, professional, uh, ABA, no matter what it was, I sat, right? It was just a sponge. So you try and get as many ideas as you can. But yeah, reach out uh, with technology these days. It's just, yeah. I, I know I, I'm meeting new agents and players every day, right? Uh, yeah. Through Twitter, Instagram, whatever yeah. it is, right? So build your contacts, basically. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I've been doing on here. And it, like you were saying, was coaching the coaching fraternity. Um, yeah. With me being a rookie on this, I've been lucky to have guys like John Murphy from the Bills, Bob Soshi from the Patriots, and they all come on and they're so supportive of me and they basically treat me one of their own. And it's like, it's really nice when you're trying to get into a profession where everybody's kind of like supporting you and trying to help you. And it just makes you want to even do a better job. So contacts yeah. is definitely huge. Yeah. And I mean, and every really wants to see everybody succeed, right? Uh I mean, that's the way I look at it anyways, right? It'd be great to see you, you know, on, on your own podcast with a million views and all that kind of stuff uh, shortly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that's part of it, right? Uh, when you're rooting for everybody so, else, right? Yeah, and it's also practice and reps too. It's just like anything yeah. in sports. You keep practicing, you do your reps, you eventually improve, and, that's, and you got to keep doing that all the time. You can never be complacent because complacency is – not any good and that goes for athletes too yep yeah you, you've always got to be open to grow and learn and uh yeah. you know and uh you got to take a step back and uh surround yourself with like-minded people and people that are smarter than you i think that's the same in any business right uh that you you, you want to do because uh, that's that's how you learn right and uh okay. you know again you go back to mentors and even bill i mean it's been great being alongside of him and Yep. Yeah, hearing his stories in the uh, NBA and all that too, right? So, okay. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, Neil, um, where can people find you on social media? I already put out the uh, NBL uh, website on here and then the WindsorExpress.ca website, but where can I, my, some of my uh, audience find you on social media if they want to follow you? Uh, me, uh, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Coach Foreman. Uh, I've always kept simple. You, you can see how old I am because there's no numbers in, in any of my names. It's just, you know, first and last type of thing. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, I think if you search under Neil Foreman, I'll pop up that way. 
but th those are the really the the three that I connect with the most uh, as as far as coaches and, and agents and players and uh, yeah by by all means you know you know. Uh, I'll definitely follow. I'll definitely. I, I know I've got you on LinkedIn, but I'll definitely have to look you on Twitter because I'm on Twitter quite a bit too. Yeah, uh, you know all these great platforms, and LinkedIn is huge now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially you know more and more players now because they can they can resumes on they they can show their what they need to show, and, it, and it's more it's a professional yeah arena is what it is, right? So definitely, uh, I I've met a quite a number of agents and players lately uh, going that route. So they're they're getting smarter. Yeah. And I try to, and I have my platform like this is on YouTube live, Facebook live, Twitter live. And then I have this on nine audio platforms. So I'm just trying to expand myself and hopefully, like I said, people come and give me a listen and, and like some of the guests I try to get on here. So. Yeah. Like I said, it's a gr great idea. Right. Uh, you know, somewhat local and uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Well, I was going to say no, uh, hopefully again in the future, uh, maybe when it's a little closer before the NBL season starts up, maybe I can have you come on and just talk about uh, the 2021-2022 Windsor Express and, and, and how you see things going this year for the team. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Once we kind of get our schedule out, we can kind of go over things and, uh, you know, I'd love to hear Aaron's, uh, you know, side of it too, because you know he's he's better at that kind of stuff than I am. You know, we're, yes. we're so we're so tunnel vision, right? It's just you know who, who's coming up next. But uh, yeah, definitely would love to be back. Yeah, and definitely, uh, hopefully, you can tune in because I think Aaron's going to come back on in maybe a couple weeks, and we'll do an NBA uh, Finals podcast. So maybe you can even pop in by and uh, come on that as well if you like. Yeah, that sounds great. Because I'm always, that. hey, I uh, I love basketball, but I still like to learn stuff, uh, especially from Aaron and yourself. And and uh, I really appreciate you coming on tonight, Neil. I, I thank you so much. No, thank you. I've had a great time. Okay, well, you have a good night, Neil, and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch. Okay. Definitely. Thank you again. Enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the Hawks Bucks game at eight thirty. Same, and uh, yeah, we'll see who the Pistons draft in uh, a few in a month or so. Yeah. 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 Cross your fingers. Okay, well, all right. Thanks, Neil. Have a good night. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. Anyways, I just want to say thank you to my guest, Neil Foreman, the assistant uh, coach of the Windsor Express of the NBL, for coming on tonight. I really appreciate him giving me uh, over an hour of his time. Uh, guys, you can also check out the Windsor Express on their website, uh, windsorexpress.ca. And also you can check out uh, the NBL website, which is uh, nblcanada.ca if you want to check that out. It's a really good league as well. So um, I'm really lucky. We're lucky in Ontario. We have two leagues, the CBL and the NBL of Canada as well. So anyways, guys, uh, I'm just going to read some comments here. Uh, let's see. Trevor, do you think Montreal will play Tampa in the finals? Uh, as of now, yes. And Trevor, let's see, Gulf Royals baseball team canceled this season. Yes, I'm not surprised. Uh, and let's see, Mark, great guest, fun guest. Yes, I'm hoping to have Neil back uh, again in the future. And uh, Mark, get a, if you get a chance, check out the Windsor Express website and check out the NBL of Canada website as well. It's really good basketball, and uh, I'm hoping to do a, an Express game this year, maybe in Windsor, and maybe see a Kitchener-Waterloo game at uh, at, uh, at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium as well. 
So anyways, uh, let's see, Mark and Trevor, thank you for watching as always. And uh, let's see what else we got tonight. Uh, guys, we got the NBA Eastern Conference final game one tonight, Atlanta and Milwaukee. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't know who to pick in this series because the Atlanta Hawks are playing with house money and the Milwaukee Bucks are playing really good basketball right now. And both teams are uh, fairly healthy. So I think that's going to be a six or seven game series. And then uh, tonight, we also have the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs round three. Game number six, Tampa Bay and the Islanders going on at 8 o'clock. Tampa Bay leads the series three games to two. Could this be the last ever game at the Nassau Coliseum? I say no. I think the Islanders uh, played poorly in game five, lost 8 nothing, And I really think they're going to come out tonight and play with a lot of pride. And those 12,000, 13,000 Islander fans, uh, the yes chance at the Nassau, I think they're going to force a game seven. I do think overall Tampa Bay is a better team. And, and we'll win in seven, but I really think uh, the Islanders will come and show up tonight and win game six. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, I was going to say the Canadians are one win away from the Stanley Cup. They played tomorrow night against Vegas, uh, game six at the Bell Center. And uh, former Owen Sound Attack and Guelph Storm player Nick Suzuki has been outstanding in the postseason. Five goals, eight assists, 13 points for the Habs. So um, we'll see what happens. But the Habs are one win away from being in their first Stanley Cup final since 1993. But uh, I'm not counting out Vegas yet. I think Vegas still could make a, 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 a seventh game. But we'll see what happens. Anyways, guys, uh, some other news. Uh, George Springer returned to the Blue Jays lineup last night. He's been out most of the year. So that's good news for the Blue Jays offense. And before I go, guys, just to let you know as well, I'd like to promote the CEBL. Uh, June 24th, the league starts off. Ottawa at Niagara at 7 o'clock. And then the Guelph Nighthawks season opener is June 28th at Ottawa. And then the uh, Nighthawks home opener is uh, Friday, July 9th at 7 o'clock versus Hamilton at the Sleeman Center. And I, it looks like there won't be any fans uh, for now in the arena, but hopefully maybe later on in the season. So anyways, guys, like I said, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my uh, podcast today. And again, I want to thank Neil for coming on and talking to us about his coaching career in the, uh, in the NBL of Canada and the Windsor Express. And I definitely have to have him back on again as well. Uh, also, guys, just please uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, Chris Palme, and hit the like button. I'm trying to build up my, uh, uh, build up my audience on uh, YouTube as well. And uh, before I go, guys... Uh, I always have to mention this too. 30 Minutes Live with CDP podcast. The audio version is on Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and CastBox. So I've got about nine audio platforms as well. Uh, like I said, guys, and let's see, one more comment. Uh, don't worry about that, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor, for watching. Same with Mark. And, uh, my next podcast, guys, uh, is tentatively scheduled for uh, Saturday, June 26th at 3 o'clock Eastern, 12 on the West Coast. I'm going to have uh, stand-up comedian Gally Krupp. Uh, from, uh, she's originally from Israel, uh, now living in L.A., coming on my podcast at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern on Saturday and again, 12 on the West Coast time. So I look forward to uh, talking to uh, Gally about her uh, having to come from Israel to the States and then why she became a stand-up comedian and stuff like that as well. 
Anyways, and the last thing I want to talk to you guys about tonight before I go is the Detroit Pistons. I'm happy for the third time in their history of drafting number one overall. First time since 1970 where they got Bob Lanier and then 67 with Jimmy Walker. It looks like Cad Cunningham, a point guard from Oklahoma State Cowboys, is the consensus number one pick. So we'll see what happens there. And I'm just going to put that up on here too, guys. Uh, before I go, the NFL, uh, the NBA, sorry, the NBA draft lottery results from last night. Obviously, the Pistons are number one. The Rockets stayed number two. Cleveland, number three. Toronto Raptors moved up to number four, which is uh, good for the Raptors. Uh, they're going to probably get a really good player on that. Orlando's number five. Uh, Oklahoma, six. Golden State, number seven. Orlando, number eight. Sacramento, number nine. The Pelicans, number 10. Charlotte, 11. Spurs, number 12 for Mr. Aaron Sanders. Uh, number 13, uh, Indiana Pacers, and Golden State is number 14 as well. So, But it uh, looks like uh, the Pistons are going to get a franchise-type player here, and I'm really happy because, like I said, it's the first time in my lifetime the Pistons have gotten number one. Uh, so I know in 1981 they got Isaiah Thomas second overall, but uh, they should get a good, uh, good player in this draft, so I'm looking forward to it. So, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to call it a show, but uh, again, I just want to say thank you to Neil for coming on and everybody for watching this live on YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitter, and later on on my audio uh, version as well. So, guys, uh, I'm going to call it a night. We'll talk to you guys Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock with Galley Croup, uh, stand-up comedian from L.A. Thanks for watching 30 Minutes Live with CDP and enjoy the game tonight between the Bucks and Hawks at 8.30 and the Islanders in Tampa Bay at 8 o'clock. Go Islanders, by the way. All right. See you guys Saturday. Take care.